was wearing these shoes, and I really don't need to have them anymore, but they were really cute, and they were the only ones that went with this outfit that I was wearing. Mm. And they were killing my feet because I was at work for an eight-hour shift on my feet. And Yeah, that um, happens. Yeah, <laughs> and I have to run around the store and run back and forth between the counter and the cleaning machines. Yeah. and Yep. Joy! <laughs> <laughs> fun stuff. And now I'm being stalked at work, which is fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay, stalkers. All right, well, <laughs> on that note, you are listening to Talk Cricket, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying... An adult beverage. A half a margarita each. <laughs> <laughs> while splitting a margarita. Because I, I still have to fucking drive. Yeah. I also had a really nice... Because it's, it's warm. Mm-hmm. Spring has sprung. And so I treated myself and got... Josh asked me to stop and get beer on the way home yesterday. And mm-hmm. I saw the grapefruit shandy was back. Because it's seasonal. And that's what I picked up. It's like Le- Legan Hearts or whatever the fuck. I don't know. It's delicious. It's my favorite part of summer. Guess what I saw at Sam's yesterday. What? The pink lemonade margaritas. Oh, shit, girl. Yeah. But it was only in like a giant bottle. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't find the mini ones. And I was like, if there were mini ones, I would have gotten one. I wonder if they've got them at like Liquor Barn. I bet they've got them at Liquor Barn. Or Shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. They might. I might have to go check that out. Because I really want one. We need to get some gin, girl. Yes. We need to try some martinis. We need to have a classy day. So, yeah. yeah. To pull you into our business meeting once <laughs> again, I think we're going to start pairing cocktails. Like existing cocktails. We're not going to make okay. up our own cocktails. Yeah. Because that would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, who's got time for that? We're, we're not <laughs> that creative. Um, But we both have, you know, those cocktail books. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fun, you know. To pick one out. To pick one that goes with the theme, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like, if we have something about, like, rich people, we could do martinis or brandy or whatever the fuck (laughs) rich people drink. I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, classy crimes or... (laughs) I don't know. We still have to be able to afford it. Well, that's true. (laughs) It's the thing. That's true. I guess if we can't get it from my liquor store, we won't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Because my liquor store is tiny. Yeah. (laughs) Because I live in the middle of nowhere. Aww. But, I mean, you know, what does sex on the beach go with? Lots of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know. You know. Would it be sex with teachers? I mean, maybe, but w- this is this episode, so we can't do sex on the beach today. We can pretend that we're drinking we're, sex on the beach. We're having sex on the beach today. <laughs> We're not having half a margarita. We're, we're not splitting a margarita because we haven't eaten much today. <laughs> and we don't want to get shit faced. We still have that pasta we made the other That's night. That's true. We're that... going to have to snack on that later. Yeah. And I'm going to bust out the ice cream. So, sorry to treat you to our menu. But so today, we Why are talking are you apologizing? about. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was picking my words very carefully earlier. That's true. Good job. Thank you. So today we are talking about, what are we going to call it? What do you call it? Do you want to call it sex with teacher crimes? Yeah. Okay. So today we are talking about sex, sex with, with teacher, teacher crimes. crimes. Bum, bum, bum. Um, before we 
start on this before you barf into the microphone (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i was reading an article last night when i was doing my research because like sometimes i'll look at some of the stuff that you're supposed to research just so i have like a general idea of what i need to be focusing on fair enough and i was i came across this article and it was for parents and they were like what you need to look out for if um your children are talking about um teachers or whatever talking um, about teachers talking about their teachers like what you need to look out for Cause, okay cuz this was from a state where it was real like inappropriate conduct with teachers and students was like running rampant oh and okay. some of the like one of the things was your teachers are texting your students or the teachers are giving their students rides and i was like i used to do that when i was a teacher yeah with uh, my drama kids because we had to be be in communication we were in an extra like i was head of an extracurricular club yeah so i had to text them yeah like with regards to like snow days and shit like that like because they didn't have the apps that they they have now yeah while i was teaching um they came up with those like in the interim of like the end of my (laughs) the end of my teaching span and then and it was too late at that point i was just like i'll just group text you it doesn't fucking matter you know so like i had to text them and i gave one of them rides because her mom like would not pick her up from rehearsal oh wow so and she was on my way home wow but it was also a girl it wasn't a dude yeah to be fair so that's less looked at i guess yeah well, I mean, I got rides from my high school teachers a lot. Um, That's I, fair. I had high school teachers that would text me a lot, but they were also texting all of their students. Like, yeah, I had I had AP teachers um, at my high school that would AP is a whole other situation. Yeah, they would they would text every student the grade that they made on the test, or at least every student that cared. That was probably before Infinite Campus. Though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, we had Infinite did, Campus, but did it not have? There wasn't an app. There was. There was? Mm-hmm. Because my students had the app for into, into Infinite Campus, and every time I would update the grades, like, I would have five honor students in my classroom, like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, no they just, they texted us before they even put it in Infinite oh, Campus. Oh, just, like, as they were grading, they would yeah. text you your grade. I gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. Because mm-hmm. they would be, my students would get really annoyed with me because I am an obsessive saver. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I hit control S like seven times at the end of a Uh-oh. at the end of a document because yeah. I have OCD and I have had things disappear on me, so I want to make sure that it's fucking saved. Yeah. So like I'll put in I'll do one I, I would leave things for a while too because English I was an English teacher, so it took mm-hmm. a really long time to get through my papers. Yeah. Um and so I would I would I would leave it for a while and then I would I would update and I would save like a bunch of times. Yeah. And they would come in and be like, I have seven notifications that you updated the grades. And I'd be like, oh, I just put in like one <laughs> assignment. I'm sorry. Like, I just wanted to really make sure it was saved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm God. a paranoid lunatic. It's just who I am. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Clink. Or sex on the beach. Yes. <laughs> You did take a shot out of a Sex on the Beach shot glass. Does yes. that count? Yeah, that does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, when I was a teacher, we actually, when I was hired, um, I was actually encouraged, when you are a first-time teacher, you're encouraged to actually purchase insurance to cover 
you oh. in case you're accused of misconduct in this way. Yeah. Um, and which was terrifying. And I mean, mm-hmm. I did draw lines. I mean, like, yeah, I texted my students and I, I gave one student a ride, maybe a few of my drama kids a ride, mm-hmm. like because I was having an end of the year cast party because I was leaving. So yeah. I was like, I'll host. My mom will make pizza because I was living with my parents at the time. Yeah. I like I gave a few students a ride to my own home, but I was living with my parents at the time. It wasn't my home where I lived alone uh, because yeah. my husband and I were long distance at the time. So why pay rent in two places was kind of the justification for that. It was miserable. But anyway, so, <laughs> um, you know, I was having an end of the year cast party for all my drama kids so that we, you know, I had Cards Against Humanity. My mom made pizza for everybody, homemade pizza for everybody. It was Aww. really, really fun. But, yeah. you know, they had a, a fun place that wasn't one of their houses and it was kind of like a treat, you know? Yeah. So just to close off our two and a half years together, which yeah. was amazing. But um, I definitely drew lines of like, I was never friends with any of them on Facebook, even my drama kids. Yeah. No one. Um, I did a little bit on Instagram because I wanted to tag them. We, we had a hashtag going for a while to kind of for advertising for our shows and things like that. So I did. And I wanted to make sure I tagged them in the photos that we put up and stuff like that. But it was always like rehearsal pictures and... Yeah, I wasn't taking selfies with them or anything like that. They had a really fun hashtag, though. And if any of you are listening, <laughs> you'll remember this. And you'll remember how angry I was when I heard out when I found out about it. But it oh. was called. Um, <laughs> so we would in the rehearsal process, there was always a time where I had to have what I call a come to Jesus talk with everybody because everybody would be too excited and feel too comfortable with the script and they would start to slack. Uh-huh. And so, right, it was usually during tech week. Yeah. So right in the last home stretch where I'd have to be like, all right, you guys, get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? Not in so many words. Well, yeah. in so many words because <laughs> it's theater. You you say things. I'd yeah. love to see you mess up a line four times in a row and see what word comes out of your mouth. I was very, <laughs> I, was, I was very lax <laughs> with yeah. the language because who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. It's after school. You're in theater. You need a place to feel safe and you need to be able to say things. Yeah, that's my theory on it. You can disagree if you want. I won't read your email. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can send that email to talk cricket at we don't care dot com. Exactly. You can suck it. So um, <laughs> I it was just imp- it was just important for me to create a safe environment like that. So where you felt free to mess up and you could misspeak and not be worried because you yeah. have to be able to be vulnerable in theater. So. I forgot my, I lost my train of thought. What was it talking about? Oh, yeah. talking about the hashtag. So, um, we, (laughs) every now and then, and they would be serious. Like, I mean, playfully, I used to, like, throw a script at somebody if they couldn't get their lines and it was two weeks to show and, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. And they're probably all laughing at me right now. But um, (laughs) I was pretty serious, but it was also, they knew that it was in good fun. Yeah. I would never seriously try to hurt somebody. No. Ever. Ever. I don't have that in me. So, um. It was always done with a laugh and a, come on, get your shit together, Daniel. <laughs> you know who you are. And, um, <laughs> um, so <laughs> they came up with this hashtag called hashtag law smash. <laughs> and they would try to catch pictures of me with like the worst faces on my face. Yeah. Just in the background. Like they like I would just be walking by and like, you know, making a face or something of yeah. some kind just because I was talking and they would try to catch me in these horrible <laughs> faces. 
Law smash. <laughs> Hashtag law smash. Hashtag Holt smash. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can look back on and, and laugh now, but it did hurt my feelings a little bit at the time. But I mean, Aww. you know, I'm nah, just because I loved them so much, you know, and yeah. we, we really were a family, but miss you guys. Um, Anyway, but yeah, like when I was a, fr- when I was a new teacher, they definitely... They encouraged me to purchase it, especially because I I was very young. You know, yeah. I was right at, almost right out of college. Um, there's a year in between when I got my teaching job and when I had graduated. And um, I mean, because I look the way I do, I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I was much thinner than I am now and very much cared about my appearance. And, you know, I really tried to look nice every day. And then because of the attention that you get as a teacher... And I'm not saying this is just my own experience. We're going to talk about people who really cross the line. Um, oh yes, because it because it it does actually go both ways. Like you don't you don't think about that when you're a young female teacher stepping into a room full of hormone charged teenage boys. Um, I I received harassment from my stu- from some of my students. Yeah, that that was very troubling. And if I had known better and had thought had been more educated on how to deal with it, I may have reported it. Yeah. But I honestly didn't even... Comp- because I'm such a focused person and because I was there to be the- a teacher and I was trying to actually do what I was asked to do and I was... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just... That's who I am. Like, when people... People will say things at work and I think that they're making a mistake and I'll correct their grammar... Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 I was kidding. And I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't help it. Like, I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah. And so, like, I had a few teenage boys my first year teaching who would ask me questions, like, call me over to their desk because they were, like, working. And they would ask me questions so that I would bend over in front of, like, to their desk. Lord almighty. And then they would look across the room at their friend and giggle. And I would just be like, what's funny? Yeah. So then my next year I wore like loose. That's when I got really into flannel. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I wore a lot of like men's cut flannel shirts and nice dress pants that were quite loose. Nice. And didn't give a shit about my makeup because I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. just, I was just like, I don't want to invite any of, the, any of that kind of attention, which then preyed on my depression because I didn't feel good about myself because, yeah. you know, be, I don't know. Take it as you, uh, how you will. I really enjoy doing my makeup and getting getting ready in the morning for work. It feels like I'm putting on my war paint and like I feel like I'm ready for the day. And so like when I felt like I couldn't look my best, I really that really hurt me. Yeah. And it made me feel ineffective and it made me feel lazy. And, you know, it just it, it, it kind of snowballed. So there's a lot. There's a lot that teachers deal with. Yeah. A lot. That's not to say that everyone has that experience, but that was definitely mine. I wanted to make sure I talked about it for a second. Yeah. Um, because we're going to talk about some people who um, <laughs> were really uncool towards their students <laughs> instead of yeah. the other way around. <laughs> so. Did I ever tell you about the teacher I had that threw a desk because she got so angry? What? No. Yeah. Tell that story right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was in third grade. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. I immediately <laughs> put you in high school. No. No. I was in third grade and I will oh. never forget this. She got so mad. I went to some janky ass preschool, kindergarten, first Sounds through third grade like schools. It. Um, 
my god <laughs> I will, i'll not give him a name i'll, th- I'll give him a maiden <laughs> your third grade teacher threw a desk yeah at third graders yeah oh she was in the wrong profession That's she upsetting. lost her mind she was um i remember her because she um her like second job was being big red the mascot yeah at western yeah oh my god and oh my she, god yeah oh my god that's all i'm gonna see this whole story <laughs> <laughs> just happy old wiggly big red flipping a desk yeah had it <laughs> she literally picked it up and threw it across the room like a student desk or her own a like student a desk. teacher desk oh like a student yeah was it one of those like chairs that's like connected to a desk yeah oh shit yeah i had a student throw a desk <laughs> isn't that fun in 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 my classroom oh and they let him come back to class because oh. this the school where i taught had zero discipline system there the, was the expelled kids got to hang out in the lobby and then go to their like we didn't have an alternative school yeah. in our district, which was working out great. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> so all the students got to come in and see all the expelled kids hanging out, having a blast in the lobby. Yeah. And then go do their like web classes online or whatever. Yeah, it was not great. Yeah. Like, I'm glad they were still getting credit, mm-hmm. which is fine, but it still needed to seem like more of a punishment. Yeah. In my opinion. You can't smoke spice in the bathroom. And get to have a fun time. No. Yeah. That shit w- could kill you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you also don't get to curse at your teacher and throw a desk so high it hits the ceiling. Like, I don't... Oh, Jesus. I know that, like... And this is this was kind of a special circumstance. Like, his, his mom was dying, but that yeah. doesn't give you the excuse to be that big of an asshole. You still no. have to behave. Yeah. You can rage all you want at home. Destroy all your own personal belongings. That doesn't mean that you have to make me dread coming to school every day because I don't know what fucking head is going to be on your shoulders. Yeah. Absolutely not. Exorcist. There was a kid in my first grade class. um, He tried to stab his teacher. Did stab his teacher with with a pencil. With a pencil? Yeah. I mean. Where? Where did he stab her? In the chest. Oh, my God. He tried. So he, in his mind, he was trying to kill her. Yeah. That's upsetting. Yeah. We were out of school for a couple of weeks, at least. And oh. um, we went back and he was in the seat across from me. No. Katie, of course he was. And my mom. Of course. <laughs> this of is the only fucking time. course he was. Yeah. <laughs> This was the only time my mom ever came to school and rose hell. Yeah. Why? Why was he back? Is my question. I have no idea. Uh, Why was he back? I don't know. I was. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, kids are small children are terrifying when it comes to that kind of thing because they have no inhibition. Like, yeah, no. The worst cussing I ever got was it was from a first year first grader. I don't Uh remember first year was what I almost (laughs) said. Hashtag Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) But um, I don't remember if I've told this story on the podcast or not, but I was I worked in after school care for a long time. Yeah. Through college and into well, part of college, half of college before I started at family at uh, family video. And then Mm -hmm. um. 
and before that for two years I started when I was a junior in high school so um I worked summers and all of that stuff too so the worst cussing I ever got this (laughs) I mean I worked in customer service for years never really got cussed that much someone said you can go fuck yourself because I wouldn't let her rent 13 games on her on her new account but she can fuck herself so (laughs) no no one will let you do that yeah um (laughs) We don't keep your card information. You're not taking that. Yeah. I don't know you. Um, and someone called me a bitch or something like that. But this kid looked me in the eye and called me a cocksucker and punched me in the kidney. Oh, my God. Yeah. And my boss was so scared. She was like, oh, my God, are you OK? Like, I think she thought I was going to sue or, you know, yeah. something like that. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm scared of him. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into some of this. So yeah. I want to ask you something. Yeah, go ahead. How prevalent do you think this actually is? Because it seems, by the way, so again, to reiterate, because we've gone on a few tangents since then, we're talking about teachers who sleep with their students today, primarily women who sleep with students, because that is becoming more and more of a thing and there's also a huge double standard when it comes to it so yeah that's what i'm going to talk about the most i do have a lot of numbers here but we're just going to see kind of where this goes it kind of ruined eighth grade for us yeah so that was a deep office reference (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't think that you caught it train peck train peck is sleeping with coach Carr. You slut! <laughs> Trang Peck is a Gratsky little biatch. <laughs> All right. Okay, so back to it. So um, how prevalent in relation to other cases of pedophilia and things like that, like how prevalent do you think this is? Like I, when you think of like an adult sexually assaulting a minor, in pop culture, what do you immediately go towards? Teachers. Really? Well, I think now it's, or well, for a while when I was growing up, it was teachers. Now I think more of like an uncle or... Fair. Um, I was going to go with priests because that's what you ooh, hear about a lot. Yeah. A lot. Ooh. And it's male. Yeah. that We always hear, hear about the males mm-hmm. is, is kind of what I was going for. We all hear about the Catholic priests who are molesting the altar boys and all of that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes we, we, we go to teachers because, you know, the priest thing is kind of tired now, yeah. I think. And it's kind of a has-been topic for media. Yeah. Um, but this is actually way more prevalent than priests. Yeah. Which is nuts to think about. That actually blew my mind. Yeah. Well, we also have to think about a lot of this doesn't get reported. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Especially when it comes to females. Mm-hmm. When, when it comes to... Um, that that's one of the numbers like females are way more girls are way more likely to report that they're being abused by a man yeah as opposed to male students reporting that they're being abused by a female teacher yeah and that gets into the double standard because we don't a lot of times we don't think of that as abuse mm-hmm. um which i'll get into in a minute but i just wanted to talk numbers real fast and then i'm going to get into the the good stuff so yeah. um a lot of my research came from Psychology Today, which is where I'm going to talk, what I'm going to use to talk about the double standard and things, because I found a really good article on psychologytoday.com. And um, I was pulling from a lot of different resources for, for statistics. And then I found, I just, I mean, why, 
why fix it when it's not broke wikipedia just does it you yeah. know what i'm saying <laughs> i mean just so wikipedia a lot of that comes from wikipedia and then all of the sources connected to wikipedia of course so yeah um i had i had a few other ones and then just found that this was a lot more concise yeah so um and I donated, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. So, um, And we're telling you at the top that this is not ours. No, I did not <laughs> write any of this, except for the part that's just me talking. So, um, yeah. all right. So, so there was a 2002 survey. Um, a lot of these numbers are, are a lot more up to date as I go on, but I thought it was best to kind of start from the beginning and kind of we'll, we'll see how it kind of progresses so um yeah there was a 2002 survey that um the american association of university women um reported on the aauw which is the mouthful um (laughs) they reported that um of students that had been harassed 38 percent were harassed by teachers or other school employees so that's you know of people who have been harassed as in student to student in the workplace, I don't know, what else, with their family, I don't know. You yeah. know, all the harassing, that's the pie we're looking at, is the, all the harassed people, 38%. That's almost half. Ugh. That's so close to half have been teachers. Yeah. Um, or other school employees. So, like, office staff, janitors, things like that. There was definitely a janitor at the school where I was teaching um, that was sexually harassing the teachers. Ooh. And she was a huge piece of shit. And yeah. she would scream at my dear friend, the art teacher, who I will not name, but she was a sweetheart. But the, the janitor's office was right across the, the I almost said the street, right across the hall from the uh, from the art art room. Yeah. And I don't I need to give her a name. Susan. Susan. Sweet Susan. That's not her name, but we'll <laughs> call her Susan. Sweet Susan was just she she was such a sweetheart and she just didn't have the wherewithal to really stand up for herself in that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. And so she, and she also didn't think she'd be taken seriously. Like I heard this woman yell across the hall at her, at Susan. She said, what are you on your period or something? Oh, like oh, no. rudely. This yeah. woman was the worst. Wh- for what? I don't even know. But it never warrants that. Yeah, no. Nothing ever warrants anyone saying, what are you on your period or something? Yeah. Fuck you. What comeback do you have for that? Yeah. No, I'm having a shitty ass day, you asshole. Like, you know, like, I don't. The comeback is saying yes and yeah, pulling you... out a bloody pad and throwing it at their face. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> it was, yeah, you want my bloody like tampon up your ass? <laughs> yeah. Then shut your fucking face. Yeah. Which is what I said for her to say, you know, not in those words, but just like, I was like, well, tell her to fuck off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was the worst. She was like a thousand pounds, not to body shame, but she was fat and lazy yeah. you know just and like the like the school smelled like urine when you walked in because she wouldn't clean the bathrooms it was so gross she would lock all the doors in the school when i was having play rehearsal and then lock my students out of the restroom oh and they were up there chugging water yeah 
because you're talking a lot and you're hot because we were in a fucking gym instead of an auditorium. Yeah. It was a stage that happened to be in a gym. Yeah. It wasn't an auditorium, you know? We were making do with what we had. And so, and it was hot and unair conditioned and they were up there running around and they had to, they had to drink a lot, which meant they had to pee. And she would, yeah. she would sit up in the library and eat a Subway sandwich and read the newspaper instead of cleaning. Oh my God. And collect God. a fucking check. Yeah. She was the worst. Anyway, super tangent. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> well, I mean, it's on topic, so it's fine. It is. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, let's see. So, one survey that was conducted with psychology students reports that 10% had sexual interactions with their inter- educators. <gasps> In turn, 13% of educators reported sexual interaction with their students. Oh, no. In a national survey in 2000 it was found that roughly 290,000 students experienced some sort of physical sexual abuse by a public school employee within between 1991 and 2000 and you know what i honestly never experienced anything like this never ever like it it was talked about at my middle school that uh one of the male teachers was like fucking fucking around with students and that the gym teacher who was also male was like you know, would let the pretty girls come to his office and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, it was never me because I was super insecure and not attractive when I was in yeah. middle school. So like, it was never so like in that regard. Like, I guess it kind of worked for me. But also, you know, it was talked about a lot, and people still hung out with these teachers. Ugh. They thought it was co- it's a status symbol when yeah. you're a student. You don't think about it as abuse. Yeah. When you're the student is what makes this so fucked. Yeah. Well, when I was in fourth and fifth grade, I went um I started at a new school that I thought was going to be better. It turned out to be like the worst years of my life. Oh my god. Funny. Um, but there was this one teacher who like made it a point to embarrass me. Because, like, I wasn't doing well in school. I didn't understand, like, none of the teachers were wanting to help me because I was coming from a low-income family and I was at the school on scholarship. So she made it a point to embarrass me every week in my English class. People fucking suck. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she... um, I want to find this... uh, Sorry, that enrages me so much as an educator. Uh Uh-huh. Because, I mean, yeah, you can stop teaching, but you never stop being a teacher. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, mm, well, <laughs> yeah. I, that makes me want to hunt her ass down and punch her in the fucking gut. Yeah. She's probably dead now. Good. To be honest with you. Like, let's go spit on her grave. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. That. <laughs> um, but I tried to report an interaction I had with her because it. It it wasn't anything sexual, but right. like she had like hit me on my leg and <gasps> she hit you. Yeah, she hit me, and like I like I had gone to ask her for help and she like shooed me away and like hit me on my leg, and like I I I didn't really like try to report it. I said something about it and another teacher overheard me, and so she told the principal, and the principal. Was notorious for, like, sweeping things under the rug. Oh, my God. Brought me up into the classroom with her and made me apologize to her for saying that. And my mom called her when we got home because she found out. Because, of course, this principal didn't call my mom and, like, say anything. She just did it. 
And my mom was like, well, my daughter's not coming back to school. Bye. So (laughs) she's not coming back where she's going to be put in that situation again. No. Yeah. I went, I transferred to a new school after that. Yeah. I had a rough time at the school where I was at too. The uh, administration was pretty rough. Um, Yeah. Not the assistant principal, by the way. Mm -hmm. Shout out. She was incredible. You know who you are. You're not listening. So, um, <laughs> she was amazing, for mm-hmm. real. Um, the principal, not so much. Uh, she'll never find out. Mm-hmm. And if she does, who gives a shit? Yeah. She ain't my reference. Uh-huh. I don't list her. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to cut all of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just destroy my entire life. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess if this takes off, I won't have destroyed my life. So, who cares? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> we're not even friends on Facebook. So, <laughs> Uh, so you're see. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Sorry, I had to talk myself through my anxiety. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into... Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so a major 2004 study, this was by the U.S. Department of Education, found that nearly 10% of U.S. school students reported having tar- been targeted. So, I mean, again, we're just cross-referencing here. Um, but it, what all of this kind of leads to is that... Sexual harassment and abuse by teachers is a hundred times more frequent than abuse by priests. Oh, yikes. Oh, yikes. And this is all teachers. That None of this is gendered. Like, none yeah. of those numbers are gendered. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, the in, priests' numbers are gendered. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, the <laughs> priests' numbers are gendered. That's all dudes. But, um, so, <laughs> good point. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. So... Then they did some more stu- studies, and then they broke it down by race and things like that. So, um, Of course they did. So there was non-physical sexual abuse, which is making sexual jokes and saying innuendos and things like that. I just hit the mic with my nose. I'm so sorry. I won't be able to cut that. <laughs> um, let's see. So that was more prevalent than physical abuse. Yeah. Which is upsetting. Um, because as we've learned in past episodes, words can hurt worse. And those stick in, words stick in your head more than physical abuse. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> those were, were more prevalent. So that was 8.7 and 6.7%. Um, girls were more likely to report educator sexual harassment than boys, of course. So that was 10.3% versus 8.8%. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12.3 of black... 12.2 of Latino, 8.4 of white, and 1.8% of Asian students indicated that they had experienced sexual harassment oh. by teachers. Yeah. Uh, that's sickening. All of it is sickening. Yeah. It's awful. Um, like, you are you have to stay in these places for eight hours of your day, yeah. at least. It's your entire childhood. Yeah. It's just like when you go grow up and you're at work. You see your your coworkers if you're at a place like where I work where you're not working alone all the time. You see mm-hmm. your coworkers more than your family. Yeah. You know? It's awful. Yeah. It's just like that but applied to school. Yeah. You know? And you're trapped there and a lot of times you don't know because kids don't know. They don't know what the red flags are. They don't know what's wrong. Yeah. They don't know what's inappropriate. A lot of times students will see the attention of someone who's older as like gratification and oh they give me attention and oh i must be so hot because he wants to fuck me or she wants to fuck me you know what i'm saying and so it's just it's really sad they don't see it as abuse a lot of the time yeah 
unless it's done in a threatening manner, which it can be. But and I'm not discounting that, but that's why a lot of this goes unreported. And that's why a lot of people are able to get away with it for so long. Yeah. And people don't realize the damage that is inflicted until much later in their lives as students. They don't realize it until a lot later. And I don't care what anyone says. Teacher student fantasies are extremely like they are inappropriate. Yeah. They are extremely inappropriate and it's not it's not hot. Yeah, no. It, it I see is... a lot of fan fiction like that, particularly in Harry Potter. Yeah. A I lot. I do too. Yeah. And I don't care for it. No. It, it I skip past dist- it like yeah. immediately. It's still destructive. Yeah. Like it is anything that is Even if it's consensual because yeah. the the point is that your brain isn't developed enough for you to be making these decisions. Yeah. With a someone with someone who knows better, yeah, they always know better, and that's what's so upsetting with this particular brand of adult minor sex is that teachers have good social skills. They're not like other sexual predators. Yeah, these particular teachers are not like other sexual predators. They don't have a stunted a stunted social life. They have good social skills. They're good at their jobs. They're very successful. They have better. They have more money than their than their victims. Yeah, it it, it is not about a lot of the things that a lot of traditional kind of pedophilia. What you think of is mm-hmm. it's not like that. Which makes it scarier and even more insidious, yeah, in a way. Um, so, uh, so let's talk about a little bit of psychology, and then I'm going to dive into this really awesome article from Psychology Today because okay. it is really good. Um, so, uh, so most complaints about teachers' behavior tend to center around what is felt to be inappropriate speech in class or discussion, such as using sexist or sexual references to make a point, which isn't super cool. No. Um, I will say that um, we did talk about some dirty stuff in my class, but I was a fucking English teacher. Yeah. Uh, we studied Shakespeare. And I'm sorry, but how else do you make that shit interesting? Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> I was not using sexual innuendo against students. I was, it's in the fucking poetry. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like he's talking about a woman who he wants to sleep with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're looking at this sonnet. What do you, and, and we're interpreting it together and I'm giving the historical context and the exact version and then we're, we're bringing everyone's interpretations together. Yeah. And that's how you make it interesting to a hormone-filled teenager. I was not using it flirtatiously in any way, shape, or form. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a line that you have to wa- watch all the time. I was not... You know, it's not like a girl walked in and I said, nice tits. Yeah. It's not like a guy walked in in tight pants and I said, you can see your whole deal. I've ne- never, 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 you uh, know? yeah. That That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, the destructive kind. <laughs> not the, we're looking at art and does everyone else see a penis or a vagina? Because that's all I can see when I look at Georgia O'Keeffe. It looks like a vagina. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, um, 
So, however, in some cases, bonds and relationships can form between teacher and students beyond the class discussions, which is true. Yeah. And a lot of those relationships are very healthy. A lot of those relationships turn into just deep friendships Mm -hmm. because a lot of these a lot of the kids who end up victimized are kids who have troubled home lives and they're looking for a stable parent figure. And that's what's upsetting here. So, um, like, I had a lot of those kinds of students. That's what made me want to adopt was that there were all of these kids that I just wanted to be able to take home and show them like what a real parent was like. And there are a lot of people who would take advantage of that. Yeah. Which is really sad because you should be able to have those relationships with your students. I mean, a lot of my favorite teachers I had those kind of relationships with. Not that my childhood was super troubled. It was troubling to me. But there are a lot of people who have worse. And I still needed someone to tell me I was worth something. Because a lot of times I wasn't getting that at home or I, I, I didn't hear it at home, at least. It's not that my parents didn't think I was worth anything, but, you know, yeah. depression is, is, is shitty. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so relationships between students and teachers can often become quite intimate and intense as they share common passions and interests. Students are dependent on their teacher's approval as they share. Com- oh, so whoops. Students are dependent on their teacher's approval for academic success, opportunities, and later career success. They will talk about personal issues such as problems at home or with boyfriends and girlfriends. Such closeness and intimacy can blur the professional boundaries and lead people, both school employee and student alike, to step over the line. Yeah. Teachers hold a position of trust, and that's what makes this so upsetting, and that's why the comparison was made to priests, Mm -hmm. because it's not a family member. It's someone outside your family who you trust implicitly. Yeah. And exclusive, I mean, almost exclusively with your child's well-being. You, you, You trust because they do background checks, and there's so much that goes into becoming a teacher. They have to be such upstanding citizens and all of that that... And there's so much pressure on teachers for that. Yeah. I I knew teachers who would not even, like, they wouldn't live in the same town where they taught because they didn't want to run into people. Yeah. And they wanted to be able to go to the bar because I'll tell you what, you know, who knows how to party? (laughs) Teachers. Teachers. You want to get- We'll just watch a movie. (laughs) No. Yeah. We'll just watch a movie. Miss Law's hungover. Um... Teachers know how to party. We keep that shit in all day. Yeah. All day. <laughs> Whew. Uh, so they're expected. So teachers hold positions of trust. They're expected to design teaching programs, carry out their teaching duties, help students develop and mature th- as mature thinkers. And this, of course, can involve close working relationships and tutorials, laboratories, individual meetings to discuss projects, essays after school catch-up sessions, study sessions, more casual occasions for intellectual give and take. My mom goes to sometimes goes to her students' houses and helps them with their homework. I mean, yeah. my mom's a teacher, by the way. Um, she's not just like a lady um, <laughs> who goes to people's houses. But, you know, she she's, has a whole after-school thing where she tutors after school a lot once a week. And mm-hmm. a lot of those kids are troubled and she provides the support that they need that they're not getting at home to help them succeed. She has a real gift for that. We both do actually. And it's one of the things I miss the most about teaching, but anyway, so, um, 
I remember appreciating my high school English teacher so much because my senior year of high school was like one of the most stressful years ever because it was my senior year. I'd had all that shit happen with my family and then my dad came back. Oh, damn. He came back in the middle of the year while I was like trying to prepare for AP tests and like had all this work to do and like it was it was a really rough time and they worked with me. That's amazing. Yeah. And, like, I will never forget the amount of support I had just from my teachers. Which That's awesome. was amazing. Yeah. yeah. That was when you were in public school. Yes. Yeah. I had better experiences in my high school public school than I did at any other school. That's awesome. We also yeah. came from a golden age of education. Yeah. You and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It has changed drastically yeah. since. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, uh it would take a serious overhaul of the education system for me to go back. For impressionable young students, the boundaries between intellectual development and personal life can really become blurred. And honestly, this isn't a part of the the article, but this is just my own speculation from what I kind of found out through my research and things that I thought about. Like the reason that young adult fiction is so popular is because teenagers feel things very deeply. Yeah. There's a lot of drama in high school. Teach, te- you know, teenagers, they, they, they feel all of those emotions so deeply because they have all those hormones running through their bodies. And so they don't think, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it can be, I can see it as something that could be an attractor for someone who is going to fit the profile I'm about to read. And I can see it as something that could drive a student to continue the relationship consensually, but also they're not consenting because they're underage. Yeah. And a lot of the these teacher, are like 12 and 13 year olds. Yeah. And, and the teacher's in a position of power and they take advantage of that. Yeah. If you're in a position of power and the person that you're into is under your authority, it's not consensual. Right. Right. It's just like a boss and a, and an employee. Yeah. Um, so, a teacher who harasses a student may be doing so because he or she is experiencing the stress from various personal problems or life traumas such as material tr- or marital tr- material <laughs> <laughs> marital trouble or divorce, a professional crisis, financial difficulties, hello hashtag pay teachers more um, <laughs> medical problems or the death of a spouse or a child. Even though the behavior is unacceptable, it can be a symptom of the effects of such stresses and may stop if the situation changes or the pressures are removed. So this is where it's like a quarter-life, midlife crisis for people. It's all about feeling youth, youthful. Ugh, burp. Sorry. Uh-huh. It's all about feeling youthful. And also because, because, and I don't want to shit on young adult fiction because I very much enjoy a good young adult book. Mm-hmm. Youth. People who are young are so over-sexualized in the media and, it, I don't know, you yeah. know, and in porn, which is awful. Yeah. I mean, you've covered at the other store. Like, you've seen some of those titles. Yeah. It's like, stamped or class today. And like, you know, it's, yeah, she's my stepdaughter and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of incest in there, which oh, I don't yeah. care for. But- it's you know what I'm saying like the youth thing is like oh yeah she's my stepsister and this is my my stepmother and like it's all 
youth is so I don't know like there, there's so much porn that's like underage girls 18 and under and like it's clearly they're not but that's the title and that's what they're going for yeah. you know what I'm saying well but, I mean there's a reason why a lot of girls in porn are shaven yeah like there's it's horrendous yeah they're they're crossing a line without actually legally crossing the line exactly exactly and you know you will probably get into this in some future episodes but there's a lot of stuff in advertising and a lot of things in i mean how much how many how much anti-aging stuff do we use yeah you know which i mean fair i don't want wrinkles but (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying like it's just one of those things where I mean, no, I could never see sleeping with a 13-year-old, God, even at no. the age of 24. That's insane. Yeah. No. he. There are children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just, you can see where someone who was in crisis like that could could cross the line because they wanted attention, because they liked the attention and because they felt that connection or, you know... And it just, it snowballs from there. Yeah. So here's another thing. So many experts argue that even consensual sexual interactions between students and teachers constitute sexual harassment. Yeah. Uh, The most commonly expressed concern is over whether mutual consent can cause, and wait, sorry, whether, quote, mutual consent can exist in a relationship where there is such a disparity in power between the people involved. Yeah. That's the biggest issue there. Like what I was saying a few exactly. minutes ago. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So here's some of the issues that can that can occur. The adverse physical effects that you can kind of you can develop, and it's not like mutation or anything like that. But yeah. It's also not things that I think pe- a lot of people will think of as physical. So I just really wanted to make sure I said them. So um, there's a lot of adverse physical effects that you can experience as a student. Because of the disparity in age and because of the power and all of that stuff. So um, especially if it's done in a threatening manner of like sleep with me or you'll give it an F or you know what I mean? Just or whatever. I can't even think of what the threat could be because I'm that fucking stupid. So um, (laughs) (laughs) not stupid, but just far removed. I just can't think of what I would say to like I just can't identify. So I don't know. Um, But. A reanalysis of the UA, the AAUW, which we talked about before, mm-hmm. data found that victims of sexual harassment by teachers, they reported experiencing adverse health effects because of the abuse. So 28% said that they had trouble sleeping and lost their appetite. These are all anxiety related, by the way. So yeah. it caused anxiety disorders in these yeah. kids, basically. So um, 28% said that they had trouble sleeping and lost their appetite. 51% reported feeling embarrassed which sounds really fucking trivial, but we all know what embarrassment can do to you, like deep embarrassment yeah. can do to you where you want to avoid things and you don't want to talk to people and you just feel that deep shame where you just want to crawl in a hole, you know, yeah. particularly, uh, you know, when I'm out and have drink too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then 37% indicated that they felt less sure of themselves or less confident as a result of the sexual harassment. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially, you know what? And I hate to say this, but I can only say it because I am a female. And I know that I would more than likely have only experienced it for male 
teachers Mm -hmm. if and I'm just relating it to catcalling you know like if someone sees you and says nice tits you don't think oh great my tits are great you think oh fuck someone wants to murder me yeah you know what I'm saying (laughs) yeah or and especially in high school where your body is changing and you don't know and people might make fun of you for having big tits you know what I'm saying or no tits yeah like it's just no one feels good in their skin and so you couple that on top of those weird statements and you feel gross. Yeah. You know, because extremely violated. Yeah. And I was one of those kids who didn't want anyone to look at them. You know? Yeah. I was reading Harry Potter aggressively in the back row. And if someone said, is that a good book? I would bite their head off. (laughs) So like that was me. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, it just sucks. It just all around sucks. Um, so Furthermore, 36% of the students said that they were afraid or scared, and 29% reported feeling confused about their identity in addition to negative, confused about their identity. That's so sad. That's terrifying and so upsetting. You already are so, are trying to figure out who you are when you're in high school. Yeah. And beyond, into college, and, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. thinking about everything I went through, like, who am I now? Am I an adult? Am I a student? How do I interact with this person? What do I, you know, like Mm -hmm. who am I to my friends now that I'm quote unquote, because you're not really dating an adult, you know, dating a grown up. this grown up person wants to have sex with me. It's so confusing. Yeah. And it is abuse. It's not something to take lightly. It's not, Oh, go get that cougar or, you know, it's just, ugh, ugh. Gross. Yeah, you're about about to be pissed Um, (laughs) when I get to my article. (laughs) Just wait, girl. Uh, So, in addition to negatively affecting health outcomes, teacher sexual abuse influenced the victim's academic performance. Oh. Which is, some would say, more important. Yeah. Because that affects the rest of your life. That's on your transcript forever. Uh, The affected students avoided the teacher was 43%. Mm -hmm. They did not want to go to school. 36%. 36%. Avoided talking in class was 34%. Mm -hmm. As if everyone's not trying not to, you know, talk in class. At least in my classes that weren't honors kids. My honors kids just wanted to talk all the time. It was... Mm. It was lovely. <laughs> um, so, miss you guys. Um, had trouble paying attention, mm-hmm. 31%. Cut classes, 29%. Or found it hard to study, 29%. So, this goes beyond just the trauma and psychology of what sexual abuse does. This goes into now this child who may have been a straight-A student is now cutting class and doesn't want to go to school. Yeah. And that then affects their transcript their record that colleges look at like you could affect someone's entire future it's just really upsetting so we just had a short break but to you guys it was it was no time at all because Mm -hmm. magic so um i'm gonna get into this really awesome article that i found um so this is from psychology today Mm -hmm. and it was written by this really awesome guy uh, whose name is uh, Dr. Steve Albrecht. Um, he has like nine letters after his name. 
So PHR, CPP, BCC, and Jesus. he is yeah, <laughs> he is a San Diego-based expert on workplace violence. Um, he consults, speaks, and he writes on high-risk human resource challenges, employee coaching, corporate security, and police issues. And he also worked for the San Diego Police Department for 15 years, which is pretty awesome. He also has an English degree and psychology degree and all kinds of really awesome stuff that makes him an amazing writer. So this this yeah. article was really, really good. I thought it was really well-written. And you know I love finding articles about the double standard that are written by males. Yes. Because I just find them to be just really well written and not tainted by that what some people would call that feminist rage or whatever so yeah which i mean we're full of and fuck it but you know what i mean like i just find this to be a nice buffer between those who would be naysayers as to this being an issue yeah probably men but um, (laughs) you know what i'm saying like someone who who would be a naysayer towards that so um Okay, so this was an article called Female Teachers as Sexual Predators, and this was written in August on August 10th, 2012. Okay. And this is the it's the the subtext is uh the double standard still uh remains. So um I didn't write any of this, but I'm going to try and just get through this article if that makes sense without mm-hmm. us really discussing much. Okay. Uh, because it's really it's just really well written and we don't have a lot of time left in my segment. So, <laughs> um <laughs> so However, if you feel the need to commentate, don't hesitate. To. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> when a 34-year-old female teacher was arrested for having sexual a sexual relationship with her 17-year-old student, it made the local news. They had met when she was his teacher and began dating and continued even after she had changed schools. Her behavior reached the eyes and ears of the pu- of the police sex crimes unit who made the arrest. When the local paper ran the story, the comments from readers all male, of course. That is actually in the article. That's not my own feminist rage coming out. That's actually in the article. All male, of course, ran along the usual. Where can I see a picture of her? What's the problem here? This is every teenage boy's dream. I think he'll recover fairly quickly. How much, quote, therapy will it take to help this poor young man recover from the trauma? Can you hear how hard I'm rolling my eyes right now? (laughs) I can feel it across the room. (laughs) Who is the victim here again? Where are these teachers? Where were these teachers when I was in high school? I can keep my mouth shut. Jesus Christ. And don't be shy of some cougar love. Go get them. Blech. (laughs) Yeah. I want to throw up everywhere. All the tequila wants to come up right now. Yeah, but don't throw that up because that's delicious. <laughs> um, it's a double standard where many in the public, again, often males. Again, that's in the article. <laughs> that's not my own commentation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cannot seal the, see the real harm when these stories appear. So a 17-year age gap seems perfectly fine for them if it involves a male victim who must have been a willing participant and a female perpetrator who just couldn't help herself. (sighs) I keep my opinions to myself. Uh, But (laughs) when the roles are reversed and a 34-year-old male teacher has a sexual relationship with one of his 17-year-old female students, 
Let the howling for justice begin. Oh, yeah. Where was the school and the police during all during all this, goes the shouts. Why didn't the parents or other teachers, campus staff, or district administrators see this was going on? Hang that pedophile from the highest oak. Mm-hmm. Why is it so difficult for some people on the outside looking in to see the damage to the minor child? Why are some so quick to rationalize the behavior as not harmful, a waste of police resources, and something the boy in question should be, quote, proud of? These statements are not made when the teacher is male and the victims are of either sex. No. If a 34-year-old male teacher were to engage in a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old male student, he would be called a pervert in print and worse. Oh, yeah. Again, there is a consistent double standard when female teachers are the perpetrators. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I just want to quote, just jump in here real quick and say that in my book of feminism, feminism is for all genders. Yeah. A true feminist wants equality. Not female domination, though sometimes I feel like that's what I want. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes I want the Amazons. But anyway, you know, it's it's about equality for all genders. It's about men not feeling like they can't express their feelings. It's about women feeling like they can be paid the same. Yeah. It's about women not being discounted because they have emotion and show emotion. You know what I'm saying? It's about equality across all genders. LGBTQ, straight, Whoever you are, male, female, it's about all of us being on equal terms. Yeah. And this kind of shit is what makes it worse. Right here. This is, w- th- this is one of the things that's on the opposite side of what most people would consider feminism. Mm-hmm. For me, this is a feminist issue. Yeah. So um, when it comes to violence against others, women are rarely considered as having the potential under- until they act out in horrific ways. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do, many people are shocked since they rarely consider women to have the same urges for violence, revenge, and the desire to create mass casualties. And to those people, this is me talking, to those people, I just want to say watch National Geographic. Females are always the most fierce. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And in all aspects of life, women tend to do it better. And that in- includes, um, you know violence so (laughs) (laughs) we just go for it yeah Um, (laughs) it's upsetting but it's true women are just as capable if not more so of more intense destruction of people yeah there's a reason snapped is still a show that's running Uh uh-huh like (laughs) (laughs) enough said yeah (laughs) um but Jennifer San Marco, a formal Galetta, Galita, Galita, I think it's Galita, California. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Galeta? Is it Spanish? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Postal worker returns to her formal site and killed six. Former site and killed six. But Professor Amy Bishop killed three co-workers at University of Alabama Huntsville. Women do bad things too. Yep. So when it comes to sexual behavior with a male student, do female teachers use the same techniques of gradu- of gradualism, grooming, flirting, and targeting as their male counterparts? Of course. Yeah. It's just done in different ways. 
Um, do female teachers who want sex seek out their targets specifically looking for vulnerabilities, poor or missing family relationships, early sexual interest, and early physical development via male puberty? Certainly. Yeah. Is there more institutional denial on school campuses and from administrators and districts as to the possibility of a female teacher engaging in sex with her student? Probably. Yeah. Ugh. Blech. <laughs> um, motive in cases where a teacher establishes a sexual relationship with a student is both internal and not easily understood. For male teachers, the motive for these behaviors is often believed to be because of sexual desire, power, dominance, and, quote, midlife crisis, arrested development, or even paraphilia, or even a paraphilia as with any other adult with a true sexual attraction to children. Yeah. But for female teachers, other motives may come into play. And this is what I find fascinating. So this is the desire to, quote, care for a male child from a broken home, which then de-evolves into sex. A need to feel attractive, wanted, and sexually desired by a young man who may not have the capacity to understand or give real love, but certainly has the testosterone to provide sex. And like we said earlier, this is me again, and like we said earlier, teenagers feel things deeply. If you want some passion, that's where you go for it. That's why all of our fucking TV is centered around teenagers. Yeah. You know? Or a lot of it is anyway. I try not to get too into the YA, but it's it's good shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's good drama. Yeah, I don't like it in my life, but I like it on my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, in a story, <laughs> not presented as reality. Yeah. Um, so, um, da, 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 or even as a revenge against a husband who is no as revenge against a husband who is no longer emotionally supportive. Um, are any of these valid reasons? Of course not. Because all teachers are warned from the day they enter their degree programs and from and from the moment they get hired and during in-service training classes and staff development days to follow the appropriate age-old and ethical warning. Do not have a physical relationship with a student. I can attest to that and that shit is true. Yeah. It is hammered into your head. It, it was actually even hammered into our heads that we couldn't go to a bar in the same town where we taught. You well, couldn't I mean, be seen drunk or as a person. I mean, that m- makes sense. It does, a little bit, but also don't fucking fuck a student. Yeah, like, well, I meant the bar thing. Right, I well, guess. You, they, you shouldn't have to... It you shouldn't be told to you that you shouldn't fuck a student. You should know. Right, but also it's like, you know, you don't... They're always, like, talking about how parents don't want to see you like that. And I kind of get it, but I get that. But it's also, like, you don't want to run into your student's parents and be like, your kid's an asshole. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get it, but at the same point, at the same time, it's like, well, why can't... We're fucking people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, don't fuck fuck your kid. Like, don't fuck the student. Like, that's not cool (laughs) at all. That's not what I'm talking about. But it is hammered into our heads, and there's so much anxiety put around this job. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for those scoffers who doubt there is any real harm to a male student who had a sexual fling with one of his, quote, hot for teacher, unquote, instructors, consider the real possibilities of an unwanted pregnancy. 
18 years of child support payments, sexually transmitted diseases, and lifelong feelings of shame as the teenager matures and realizes that what he was doing was wrong, too. Yeah. Since jail penalties differ widely in severity from state to state, the biggest damage to the female teacher is more often about killing her career and the shame factor from peers, colleagues, family, strangers who recognize her name from the police blotter. Some of these cases show up on tabloid TVs, TV shows, and related pop culture magazines, that kind of thing. That's all they're really looking at. Mm -hmm. When the classroom crosses over to the bedroom, the people who surround female teachers who become sexual predators, meaning other teachers, school administrators, counselors, therapists, and other police, oh, wow, and the police, (laughs) have a duty to act. Yep. Gender is not the issue. And same-sex sexual orientation is not the issue. No. Bad boundaries, harmful behavior, unethical conduct, and illegal sex acts with minors are the issues. The double standard as to how we perceive and prosecute these cases needs to stop. Yeah. And that's it. I'm going to drop the mic. That was beautiful. Yeah, I (laughs) thought that was just really well put. Yeah. Because it's not a cougar. A cougar is a grown-ass woman who seeks the attention of, like, you know, 22-year-olds and shit like that. And they yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. You know? It's not It's not that. It's yeah. a child. A lot of these were 24-year-old, 25-year-old, 26-year-old women who were sleeping with 13-year-olds and 12-year-olds. Yeah. Which is gross. It's so gross. They are children. Yeah. And that's middle schoolers. Yeah. That's not even high school. So, all right. Anyway, I'm going to pass the mic to my beautiful co-host. Oh, thank you. And I'm going to drink this glass of wine (laughs) so that I don't interrupt you. (laughs) Because that's what this podcast is. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) It's all fine. (laughs) All right. Well, today um, I'm going back to true crime. Yay! (laughs) I already interrupted you. It's fine. True crime is one of our favorite things here at Talk Crooked. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is also why we went to see My Favorite Murder Live. Yes. And um, we met some of the coolest people. Um, I've, I'm in a Facebook group on Facebook. I'm <laughs> in a Facebook group on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say I'm in a group on Facebook and then it just all a, flowed out. It's a subgroup from the original My Favorite Murder page. Yeah. And it is called My Favorite Mulaney. Yeah, <laughs> and we both love John Mulaney very yes, much. So and, much. Um, I met the creator of the page and her friend. Um, they so, were sitting right behind us, and they were the coolest. Yeah, and like I overheard them talk about my favorite Mulaney, and I turned around and I was like, "Hey, wait, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> I'm in that group. It's the best group ever." And one of them was like, "Oh, I'm the owner." <laughs> It was like, holy shit. It was so cool. Yeah. They were both so cool. So (laughs) shout out to Britt and Courtney. Yes. You all are amazing. Um, Sorry, it's ta- it seems like it's taken a while, but this is the first time we've recorded since we've seen My Favorite Murder <laughs> yeah, Live. Yeah, seriously. So I gave you guys a shout out on Instagram, but I don't know your handles. So yeah. send us your handles and I'll tag you on that poll. <laughs> and we will uh, definitely let you guys know when we come back to Nashville because y'all are love the coolest. Hang- yeah, yes. we would love to hang out with you. Um, yeah. Anyone who's a fan of My Favorite Murder and John Mulaney is a friend of ours. Absolutely. So. Yes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> 
And also, um, <laughs> sorry. What? I'm just thinking about that joke of his about a murder investigation in the 20s or whatever it is. <laughs> Detective, we just found a pool of the killer's blood. Gross. Gross. Mop it up. <laughs> and now, back to my hunch. I know. We'll draw chalk around where the body is. That way, we'll know where it was. <laughs> I actually whispered that to you during the show. Yes. <laughs> we'll draw chalk around where the body is. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, goodness. Okay, but um, but you girls were the coolest, and yeah. thank you so much. We love. They like immediately subscribed. It was super cool. Like we yeah. told them about this podcast, and they were like, "Necrophilia, subscribe!" And y'all are the coolest. That felt yeah. so good. Like, yeah, it just made me so happy. So definitely interact with us. You guys talk to us. All of that, because we love to hear from you guys. So Yes, yes, definitely. And um, you all were really fun, so. Yeah, you um, guys were the coolest, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I felt really bad. We were, like, neglecting half of our group because we were talking to them. <laughs> but, oh, well. Networking. <laughs> you got to do stuff. Like yeah. We had a business proposition come up. Okay, yeah. so. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, um, back, to, back to true crime. To crew crime? <laughs> crew crime. Crew crime time. <laughs> And um, y'all sh- probably should have known from the beginning that I was going to do a crime. Um, Yay! <laughs> but um, I'm going to talk about the case of Mary Kay Letourneau and um, Vili Fualo. I know this one. <laughs> it is so bizarre. It's cray. Um, it, one of their daughters is almost the same age that I am. Blech. Yeah. This happened in 1997, um, and I, I was, how old were you in 97? I was born. That's when you were born. Yeah. So you just came into existence. Yes. I was in third grade. Oh, wow. I graduated from elementary school in 2000. So third grade, I think. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. Second or third grade, we'll say. Yeah. My brother was two. <laughs> <laughs> My brother was two. Yeah. He was two. <laughs> two. Aw. He was the cutest kid. Anyway. <laughs> gingers always are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is from an article um, on, let me see here. Let me see. I have so many different sources. I think it was from E! Online. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was called Teacher's Pet. Mm. Yeah, which was really gross. Um, But it was written really well. So I'm just going to read this article and we'll talk. So um, I'm just going to hold this wine in my mouth so I don't interrupt you. (laughs) (laughs) Just drink on the Chardonnay. Because that's what this podcast is. Me interrupting you constantly. (laughs) It's fine. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Oh, um, nope, I'm stopping. So, uh, Mary Kay and Vili. <laughs> Her name's Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. I figured you'd love that. <laughs> Not to be confused with Mary Kay the makeup <laughs> <laughs> and skincare. That is the best of all time. <laughs> um, okay. 
So, looking at Mary Kay and Bailey now, nothing looks preposterously amiss. Do I need to pull up the drive? Yes. Okay. Hang on. Then. Okay. Okay. I don't have it open yet, but I'm like in the folder. <laughs> okay. Go on. All right. So, um, a 56-year-old woman and her much younger husband just going about their lives. They have two kids. Happens all the time with older men and younger women. So, why not? But their boy meets girl story started when um, Vili, 35, was an actual boy. And Latorno had been his teacher. Their older daughter was born while Latorno was on trial for child rape. And their younger daughter was born while she was in prison. They have two daughters. On trial for child rape mm-hmm. is not something you hear a lot no. in romantic stories you know of like this is how we met this is my wife (laughs) our daughter was born while my wife was on trial for child rape of myself (laughs) and (laughs) it was a bit of a rough patch but you know (laughs) we worked through it oh Um, yeah it gets worse the story is so crazy yeah I know of it vaguely because I've heard it on another podcast, but <laughs> it it was one I took. It was an episode that I took offense to as an educator. Oh, <laughs> you know, so I was just like, Bleh. "Why? Why would you? And how?" Yeah, it's really gross, but we gotta get through it because mm-hmm. it's crazy and it mm-hmm. needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I had never heard of this. I don't either, girl. But I was also born the year it happened. That's so, fair. like, <laughs> and you haven't progressed in that podcast as far as I have. So. Yeah. Okay. So I thought this could be trouble because it's not really a social norm. Latorno <laughs> reflected in 2004 about her choices on Larry King Live. <sighs> this is a mistake. <laughs> I can't hold wine in my mouth. It will come out of my nose. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) This was a mistake. (laughs) What clued you in, honey? (laughs) Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh, yeah. But I didn't didn't have an idea. I didn't believe that it was a felony. I, I just, I knew it just didn't, just wasn't normal. I didn't believe that it was a felony. It doesn't fucking matter what you believe. It is a felony. Oh, my God. Like, it's... It, it is 100% a felony. That's like when people say, I don't believe in gay marriage. Like, yeah. it's a dragon. <laughs> like, like... Well, it happens, I'm, so... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I don't believe in climate change. <laughs> well, that's all well and good, but it doesn't mean it's not that. It's 100 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> We're flat earthers. Fuck. Anyway, yeah. continue. Oh, let's not get into let's the flat earthers. Let's not get into earthers. the flat earthers or the hollow earthers. <laughs> you know about the hollow earthers? No, but I do want to get into this in a future episode. Yep. We'll go there. <laughs> so, um, in 1996, Latorno was a well-liked, well-respected teacher at Shorewood Elementary School in um, Washington. She was born Mary Kay Schmitz. Uh, she had been married to Steve Latorno since 1985. The pair deciding to marry while students at Arizona State after she got pregnant. They had four children between the ages of 11 and 2. So she, 
keep in mind, she had been married for 11 years, 11, 12 years at this point, and she had four children. So I'm guessing the first one was a surprise and the the rest came on purpose. Yeah. <sighs> Which, I mean, we don't know what their marriage looked like. Well, we're about to find out. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're going to get into her parents, too. Oh, no. Yeah. Latorno's father, John, was a former Republican state senator and congressman representing Orange County, who, it was discovered in 1982, had extramaritally fathered two children with a former student of his from when he taught at Santa Ana College. So not nearly as bad, but still bad. So this is learned behavior. Uh-huh. Um, the known conservative, whose views proved too extreme for the John Birch Society... No idea what that is. I don't either. I um, don't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Embarked on the affair in 1973, the same year his three-year-old son, Philip, accidentally drowned in the family pool. Oh, my God! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> but what the fuck does that have to do with any of this? His son drowned. <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay. Maybe it was driven by grief. Yeah. It could have been. Like, let, let's, let's be real here. Yeah. Like, that, I don't condone cheating, ever, mm-hmm. ever. I've been cheated on. It's the worst thing you can do to a person. Yeah. It's the worst thing you can do to their head. Yeah. 100% just break up with them. That's kinder. I promise you. Yeah. That's kinder. But I can see where grief could drive a person to, to an affair. Yeah. Not... However, <laughs> not condoning any of this, any of it. I'm just saying I could see how, because losing a child is one of yeah. the worst things you can experience. Yeah. Like it, it, it's in the, the divorce rate of people who have lost children together s- skyrockets. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can see that. Yeah. However, with a student... Not okay, even no. though it's in college, and she, yeah, you know, like, and that is two consenting adults yeah. when you're in college. Mm-hmm. It's still that power dynam- dynamic, yeah, and and that's not okay. Yeah, it's frowned upon for a reason. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not laughing like I don't think that this is funny, but holy shit, this paragraph. Yeah, that's like, all one paragraph. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> We're not laughing because it's funny. We're laughing because it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is all ridiculous. And that's just how we interpret things. Yeah. So if um, you can't laugh at yourself and you can't laugh at life, what are you living for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, he died in 2001, still married to Latorno's mother, Mary, after 47 years. So oh, they worked shit. it out. Um, that's <laughs> maybe uh, shit. Well, yeah, maybe. Who knows? John and Mary were just so ideologically strict, so repressive. Women's rights advocate and attorney Gloria Alfred, who knew the couple, told People in 1998, I'm sure Mary Kay never felt comfortable talking to them about things she might have been feeling. Mm. You have to loosen up and listen to your kids. That's one thing I don't like about this article is it's very apologetic. And I do want to point that out. 
Like I grew, we both grew up in very conservative households and we didn't rape minors. Yeah. No. Just throwing that out there or (laughs) kill anyone. Yeah. Or, you know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's the same can be said of serial killers. Lots of people grow up in an abusive household and don't grow up to go rape and murder people. Yeah. So Latorno had had known um, Vili since he was eight years old and in her second grade class. Mm hmm. His parents were divorced and he lived with his mother. He was in second grade when they met? Yes. Second grade. Oh, throw up. Yeah. It made me really sick, too. Um, oh, my God. His dad in prison at the time for armed robbery had been married five times, and yes. Vili had 17 siblings. Letourneau knew, uh, knew his mom and other members of the family. Were they all full siblings? Do you know? I don't know. Um, I'm assuming some of them are half-siblings, since it said that his father had been married five times. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But there's your troubled past. Yep. Checking off the list. For that victim. Yeah. Checklist. Yeah. He was barely 13. I didn't know that he was that young when they met. I didn't either. He was barely 13 and had just finished sixth grade, again having been in Letourneau's class when their sexual relationship began. They were both taking the same art class at a community college that summer, and she encouraged his drawing and poetry writing. Um, Yep. I mean, yes, encourage drawing and poetry writing, but don't fuck him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Latorno claimed that she was separated from her husband when the affair began. That, that she- doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I know, but you got to let me finish. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put that wine back in your mouth. <laughs> uh. um, oh, I wasn't with my husband. He's still 12. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh well, this or, is more of what we're what we've been talking yeah. about. Just Sorry. let me finish the sentence. <laughs> um, she said she was separated from her husband when the affair began. That she would still have had feelings, but would have res- resisted acting on them if she knew it was a felony. She, how do you not know? Uh, she described the build-up to the affair as a million moments that just kept building something very beautiful and scary at the same time. Um, in 1996, she had suffered a miscarriage and subsequently became depressed. She wasn't looking to fall in love. Uh, she later told Larry King that she and Vili had a really compatible sense of humor and a similar perspective on life. Um, he had begun his adolescent advances after making a bet with his cousin that he could get Mary. I remember I used to, like, plan the next day. Like, what was I going to do? What was I going to say? What was I going to, like, what surprise was I going to leave on her desk? He later told Dateline. He objected to being called a victim. Hang on. Yeah. How old was he at this point? Barely 13. (laughs) You have the same outlook on life as a 13-year-old? Yeah. What? I'm a judge. Sorry. I'm being <laughs> super judgy right now. No, it's okay I, to judge. Mm, <laughs> she needs to be judged. That all of this is just disgusting. I yeah. can't even she He is not of age. No. He is a child. 
Oh, I wouldn't have acted on it. It's not like it's your coworker. No. Which I can see and could get behind as an avid fan of The Office. Like, yeah. <laughs> that shit happens. Yeah. True love wins out, but oh my God. He is a child. He's a child. Also, don't cheat on people, but, yeah. you know, uh, uh, mm. like, okay, let me just clarify real quick. Like, if you're having feelings for people in the office or other places besides your significant other, go to counseling, fix it, or break up. Yeah. Because clearly you're not in the right place. But also make sure it's not a fucking child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know. How could she not fucking know it was a felony K? I don't know. How could she not know? I I have no idea. Yeah. On Australia's Sunday night just months ago, he recalled, Mary and I became really close and I kind of forgot about the bet. Police came across them sitting in Latorno's van one evening, parked near the marina, but a quick phone call to um, his mother confirmed that the child was with a trusted adult. He said there was nothing between them, his mother later told the Seattle Times, and I assumed I could trust her with my son. Because she was a teacher. Mm Mm-hmm. Steve Latorno, who was Latorno's husband, Mm -hmm. discovered the- Steve. Yeah. Aww. Steve has a rough time. Poor Steve. Yeah. He discovered the illicit relationship in February 1997 when he came across love letters his wife had stashed away. He didn't know just yet that she was six months pregnant. Mm-mm. This was the age of notes, too. Yeah. You remember passing notes? Mm-hmm. Well, my mom was eight months pregnant in February of 97. I'm just two months older than this kid. Ugh. A relative. How do you find those? Lo- like, it's one thing to find love letters. Mm-hmm. It's another to find love letters to a fucking child yeah okay and he couldn't even he didn't know how to respond no of course not a relative of her husband reported her to the police and latorno was arrested and charged with rape of a child so one of his relatives was like "Hmm, this is fucked up i'm calling the police yeah good for them yep the argument was that the tween age boy pursued her and she didn't know that what she was doing was a crime and they were so in love, roundly fell on deaf ears. There was a respect, an insight, a spirit, and understanding between us that grew over time, she told the Seattle Times in 97. It was the kind of feeling you have with a brother or sister, a feeling that they're part of your life forever. I'm sorry. Is she also fucking her brothers and sisters? No. D- give me just a minute to finish. <laughs> uh, she, okay. she didn't know what it meant. And certainly wasn't. it certainly wasn't sexual at first. I felt that one day he might marry my daughter, she added. I have no words. Yeah. Like it. Apparently, the affair wasn't exactly a secret at the school, according to Greg Olson, author of If Loving You Is Wrong, a 1999 book about the case. A janitor. Oh, I want to read that. Yeah, I know me too. Um, a janitor caught them in the stall, in a bathroom stall at one point. <gasps> other at te- the school? Yeah. Other how teachers. Fucking, how fucking stupid are you? Yeah. That's like doing weed at school. What is the matter with you? Well, she has the same outlook on life as a 13 year old. Oh what would God. you expect? Kate! <laughs> other teachers oh, saw them kiss. Um, 
Veely said in a court deposition that they snuck up to have sex one night on the roof of Latorno's house. Who has sex on a roof? Who has ever done that? Apparently these two. Uh, why? Why would you? Why? 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 I have no also, idea. They saw them kiss at school? What were they, like, the two students who were dating who kiss each other goodbye real quick? Like, mwah! Like, bye, Miss Letourneau. I'll see you next period. Mwah! How are you kissing in front of people and thinking that's okay? I don't know. It's so gross. I'm done with the 90s. <laughs> well, yeah, we all are. I'm done. <laughs> they were over 20 years ago. You can't. <laughs> um... Uh, during the trial in May 97, Latorno gave birth to her first child with then 14-year-old Vili, daughter Audrey Lokilani. Mm-hmm. She ended up pleading guilty to two counts of second-degree child rape, telling the judge, Your Honor, I did something that I had no right to do, morally or legally. It was wrong, and I am sorry. I give you my word that it will not happen again. Please, please help me. Help us. Help us all. But she said she didn't know it was a felony. Yeah. She, I'm just sit here quietly. I can't. <laughs> she was given a suspended 89th month, 89 month prison sentence and ordered to spend six months in jail, including credit for time served. Six months? That's all she served. Yep. This is this fucked up. This well, fucked we'll up. wait. I mean, I know. Okay, so let me just clarify. I know a lot of male perps get out mm-hmm. too early too because a lot of pedophiles and sexual offenders are very charming as well. Yeah, six months is unfucking heard of. Well, three months with Brock Turner. Still. Yeah. Still. It's awful. Some of them are like seven years or six years. Well, and that is unheard of because they're always repeat offenders. Yeah. Always. 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 Yeah. Every time. All sexual offenders are repeat offenders. Yep. Oh, okay. I don't know if some people can recover. I don't want to like blanket statement like that because I I don't know for a fact. I'll go ahead and say that. I'm not a fucking expert, but almost all are repeat repeat offenders. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Six months is insane. Yep. All right. Well, it keeps getting worse. Um, she was released on January 2nd, 1998, and as part of the terms of her release, was ordered to get counseling and stay away from uh, Vili, whose family was caring for Audrey. Barely a month later, the police spotted the 36-year-old woman and the 14-year-old boy in a car parked in front of her house. According to police, the car was full of young men's clothing, baby clothes, photographs, groceries, personal documents, a lockbox with six thousand two hundred dollars in cash and tucked near the gas pedal latorno's passport she had purchased a pager for vili to get in touch with her wait a minute Mm -hmm. so were they like planning to leave the country together and they just like couldn't help themselves and fucked in the back of the car on top of all their shit they didn't or what she just got caught i guess the police they were driving somewhere together yeah okay you said they were caught in the car and i immediately thought they were fucking on top of all their stuff <laughs> i'm sorry well that's the rumor that everyone did try to start like they oh, weren't okay. actually fucking in the car okay um but gotcha they they got caught i'm sure that just driving yeah okay well i'm sure that police were patrolling her neighborhood and found them she was on parole yeah right yeah mm-hmm um, CPS were alerted by Vili's therapist that they had resumed their sexual relationship. Um, 
Back in custody, Latorna was put on suicide watch. Her attorney argued that she suffered from bipolar disorder and had stopped taking her medication after leaving jail, prompting her to take really stupid risks. Everyone said this was going to happen. Attorney David Gerke said on MSNBC at the time, We were not surprised. Whether it's true love, whether it's sick love, whether it's an obsession or whatever, you can't start her in treatment one week and say you're cured. Vili initiated the contact, he said. Latorna was sent to prison to serve out her original sentence. That March, it was revealed that she was pregnant with her and Vili's second child. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I'm going to skip this because she was sad that people found out about the pregnancy, and that's boo on you. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, (laughs) Steve Latorno divorced her and moved with their four kids to Alaska. Yes. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Good job, Steve. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of. Get yours. Yeah. I'm kind of speechless, Steve told people in March 1998 after Latorno was locked up again. It's like taking a picture of our family from the wall and throwing it on the ground. Their kids were handling it pretty well, he said, considering their anger. Mary Kay and Vili's daughter Georgia was born later that year at the Washington Correction Center for Women. Um, that then eventually also went to live with Audrey in the custody of Vili's mother. Uh, if you want to go into the drive and look at the pictures. Okay. Um... So, there's one that's Mary Kay and Vili. Um, the first picture is in, like... Um, He's cute. Yeah, it's about when they got married, I think. And then the next picture is um, of them in 2019. Okay, so there's these are side-by-sides. Yeah. The first picture, he is very young. Yeah. Clearly... Cute, but very young. Yeah. Like, cute in that way where you're like, oh, you're going to be a lady killer when you grow up. Yep. And she is clearly much older. Oh, yeah. So much older. I mean, she's really pretty, but oh, my God. And then you click over to this other side by side, and it's like, why are you wearing that hat for one thing? <laughs> what the fuck is on the hat? Like- what? What is that? Like, that <laughs> looks like the hat that Rachel told Ross to just take off of his head. Yeah. In on Friends, and <laughs> what do you do? Are you trying to look like you're his age? Or what? Yeah. He's still super cute. Yeah. And... I mean, maybe he loved her. Like, who knows? But you've influenced him at an age where it's not fair to influence somebody at your age. Yeah. And then if you want to go to the other one, this is them. And then their two daughters. Aren't they so gorgeous? So pretty. And they're absolutely beautiful. They are. But you can really tell the age difference here. Uh Uh-huh. He looks my age. And she looks like my mom. Yep. Who looks young for her age, but still, and like still has it. Let me tell you, like my mom is hot, but not okay. Yeah, no. He is young enough to be her child. Yep. It would be different if they had met when... He was much older. Absolutely. But this is not okay. No. 
No, it's not. In any capacity. I read this and I thought it said she ran a meth lab. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no! Oh, Just God. to add another dimension to yeah. this story. <laughs> it became Breaking Bad. <laughs> breaking Bad means Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk about that. Yeah. How this has been put into shows and things yeah. like that. Um. For the seven and a half years that she was in prison, she was allowed no visits from or contact from uh, Vili, though mm-hmm. they managed to get messages to each other. She ran a math lab, and she says she had an overall okay time with her fellow inmates, uh, though some of the staff were verbally cruel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, because you were a child rapist. That's what happens when you're a pedophile. Yeah. One of the biggest blows was not being allowed to attend her father's funeral in 2001. Oh, heaven forbid, because you were in fucking prison? For raping a child. Yeah. So many people miss their parents' funerals because they're in fucking prison, you bitch. Yeah. And they're in there for lesser crimes than child rape. Yeah. She got out of prison in August 2004. Um... She wanted to be a mother, and she wanted to be a responsible member of society. She already was a mother. Yep. Already was a mother. Um, I don't know what my feelings are right now, uh, Vili told Seattle's King 5 News on the eve of her release, admitting he was kind of nervous, but I know that I do love her. Yeah, during her time away... um, Vili had dropped out of high school, though in 2004, he said he was working on his GED. I tried to get my mind away from everything, he told people. I was partying, drinking too much, too many hangovers. His mother had unsuccessfully tried to sue the school district for negligence. Well, there's that reaction, that anxiety reaction that Mm -hmm. we were talking about. Oh. Yep. Two months after her final release, uh, Latorno said or told Larry King in her first interview since being back on the outside that she and Vili were engaged. They had to petition a judge to dissolve a no-contact order first. As the best marriages. (laughs) As you do. The best marriages start with a judge having to dissolve a no-contact order (laughs) between you and your fiancé. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. If I was on the couch, I would be in a fetal position like it was on that episode. <laughs> this bitch is so crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, you know what? I'm not going to say that he's crazy. No. Because he was so young. Yeah. You. The effects of sexual abuse are so deep and so confusing. And especially when he was that young when they started. Yeah. I mean, you can attest to that. It's deep yeah it's deep and it's so confusing and it's so much and it's so negative and you can't yeah i mean i know it's a different situation but still like you can't like it's um it it will always fuck with you yeah in some way it and it doesn't matter I mean, there are probably some people that recover. There mm-hmm. is hope for recovery. Mm-hmm. But... There are lots of people that recover. Yeah. But it does... It takes a loving partner. It takes mm-hmm. an understanding partner. It takes a support group. Sometimes it takes medication. 
It takes a lot of therapy. Yeah, I mean, I take medicine daily mm-hmm. so that I can sleep without yeah. having reminders. Right. Yours was in a lot more negative context, too. Yeah. His was semi-consensual. Yeah. So it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But still, like, uh, that, you're, you're in such a formative time. Like, yeah. Like, it just... Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I don't I didn't have. I mean to bring all that up. I'm sorry. It's, but it's it okay. Just, it's it's valid. And yeah. I don't have too much left, so we'll finish this up real quick. Okay. Um. So I'm recalling the lead up to the scandal being national news. Latorno said that neither she nor Vili ever considered not having the baby when she got pregnant the first time. She encouraged him to stay in school, and she planned to take maternity leave and pursue a new career. But when her husband found out, the plan unraveled. She insisted... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what made the plan unravel? <laughs> that was the problem? Oh, my husband will never find out that I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I didn't know when she was six months pregnant. Oh, my God. That is a question I have. Oh, no. <laughs> um... <laughs> She insisted Steve's anger had more to do with her having an affair than with um, Vili's age. But no, yeah, no, it didn't. No, but the reality was it didn't matter. She had committed an egregious crime. Yes. Asked if the children, whom she did get to see while she was locked up, knew anything about what was going on, she explained to King, I mean, the story is that their mother was away at prison, and now, finally, their mommy and daddy are back together, and that's the story. And I've told my oldest one, at least, that you know, mommy's doing a timeout. Her four eldest children had visited from Alaska four times a year. Her attorney, David Gerke's Wait, wife. Are they from Alaska? They just moved. Oh, they moved to Alaska. Yeah. Uh, her attorney, David Gerke's wife, Susan, would drive Audrey and Georgia to the prison twice a month to see her. Steve eventually remarried. Good for Steve. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. How she keeps, like, I've heard about this case a lot, and she consistently says, I didn't know it was a felony. I didn't know it was wrong. Like, just all the time. And I'm like, honey, you went to prison. How the fuck do you think it's not wrong? Yeah. You can still have your children have custody, share custody. People do that shit all the time. Yeah. That, you don't, mm, mm. I'm sorry. I, I don't even have words. Yeah. To even finish my statement. Like, you don't have to marry the child you abused no Uh, i mean yeah like it it gives your two kids a stable home but what about the other four kids you have from your previous marriage yeah did you forget about them well she's i'm about to talk about that okay good (laughs) you have to let me finish honey i'm sorry (laughs) i this bitch is cray. I know. <laughs> I know that my children and I are going to work very closely through this and use as many resources as we have to make sure that we grow through this in a healthy way. Um, I'm very sensitive to each of my older children's developmental level and their understanding right now. I'm there for them right now. They're in Alaska, but I stay very close in touch with them. And it's not, it hasn't been appropriate to talk with my 10 and 12 year old right now. I'll do that with their father, knowing you know that, of course. I'll answer questions that they directly and I have answered questions. Mm-hmm. That that sounded like an auto correct. <laughs> Fuck up. That's just how this woman talks. 
I'll be naked about that someday <laughs> instead of I'll be angry. <laughs> that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> she sounds like a fucking robot. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, you want to hear something real fun? Nope. You sure? But sure. Yeah, <laughs> tell me. Um, she could teach again. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. She could teach again. She said, just not in the public school system. So. That's great. It's good to know that it's all bad. Yep. I mean, let's once you've seen how the sausage is made, it's just great yeah. to know that you just have to do everything yourself. That's wonderful for my anxiety as a hopefully future parent. Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Latorno and uh, V. Lee got married in May 2005 at a winery in Woodenville, Washington, and what could almost be mistaken for normal circumstances. <laughs> She was. I could almost be mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love this person who wrote this. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, they had registries at uh, Sonoma, Macy's, and Tiffany. Oh fuck off! Who registers at Tiffany? These two. Their their daughters were flower girls, and David Gierke brought them a telescope. Because that's what you do. Uh, they've got this nice... <laughs> they've got this nice little place on the beach, and there's always things to look at, the lawyer and family friend said on uh, the Abrams report. We figure the little girls are there, and they can watch the ships go by, and there's eagles that fly by. <laughs> they remained in the Seattle area to raise their kids. Um, Vili is an aspiring DJ. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on <laughs> professions of any kind, especially professions of the arts, because mm-hmm. they're very lucrative. <laughs> it's just really funny that he just in this particular situation. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it as a DJ. And, she, <laughs> and she's like 60 and is like into it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, <laughs> um... I'm not going to say that because it's gross. Um, Can you say it and I'll cut it? What is it? It's real bad. Say it. He um, He's an aspiring DJ and Latorno even hosted a hot for teacher night at a bar where he was DJing in 2009. Okay. Yep. Yep. I might leave that in. Okay. <laughs> as of last year. Gross. Yeah. As of last year, Latorno was working as a legal assistant something she had expressed her desire to do upon her release from prison, uh, while uh, V. Lee was employed at a home and garden center. Um, it was... That's his day job when he's not teaching. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sounding super ju- super judgy. It's just... It's just funny. <laughs> Uh, she got arrested again in 2014, uh, for failing to show up at a hearing a year after being cited for driving with a suspended license. Um, yeah. And so it's like with other crimes where like, that's your gateway crime. Yeah. And you have other disregard for the law, which shows your own psychosis. I gotcha. Um, in April of 2015, ahead of their 10th wedding anniversary, um, the two sat down with Barbara Walters 
the incident was a late night and it didn't stop with a kiss. Letourneau recalled about their first sexual encounter. And I thought that it would and it didn't. And then Vili said, it was a huge change in my life for sure. I don't feel like I had the right support or the right help behind me. From my family, from anyone in general. I mean, my friends couldn't help me because they had no idea what um, it was like to be a parent. Um, because we were all 14 and 15. Um, oh my god. Yeah, he said, being barred from talking to Latorno, the mother of his kids, was difficult. I mean, if they gave me more options or choices to make instead of just saying, oh, you can't talk to her anymore... And I was like, I really do want to talk to her, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Yep. They filed for a legal separation in May of 2017. Um, and he's he told the Radar Online um, that it's not necessarily what you think. Everything is fine between us. All the rumors that you hear between us, it's fine. Rather, he was trying to start a business, and he wanted to disentangle himself from a potentially messy background check. Because they checked both him and his spouse. And um, as of March 2019, they are moving forward with the separation, which is good. That is good. But it's probably not for the I right mean, you reason. you hear all the problematic language in that statement that he made, though. Yeah. Of, we were 14. How you can't relate to your friends anymore. That isolates you. Yeah. I mean, like, that is textbook abusive behavior. Yep. Of isolating the person and moving, I mean, a lot of it is moving them away from their friends and family, cutting them off from friends, from friends, that kind of, you, you know, that he couldn't talk to anybody, he couldn't relate to anybody, he, yeah, and because he felt that isolated, that was the only connection he could feel, yeah, that's so sad, oh my god. Well, special thanks to, um, <laughs> so this has been a bummer of an episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as they all are, but <laughs> we try to make them fun. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed and, um, I think it's time for a game. Yeah. Well, let's real quick. We need to shout out. Um, oh, Yes. Do you have that pulled up? Yes, I can pull it up real quick. So we need to do a quick shout out to our podcast friend, um, Amy, from True Crime Recap. Um, if you want a really awesome 30-minute true crime story episode of a podcast, that's a great place to go. She's yeah. awesome. And she gave us this really awesome review, which Kay is about to read. Yeah. Um, the title is Such a Good Show. It's a five-star review. And uh, she said, this is a fun show to listen to, and these girls are really engaging, even with tough topics. I'm a fan and love following slash chatting with them on Instagram, too, by the way. So thank you so much, True Crime Recaps. You yes. are amazing. Thank you, Amy. You're so cool. Yeah. And we, I really enjoyed interacting with you because I run the face. I run the Instagram account a lot. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed interacting with you. You were so cool. Um, I am subscribed to you. I just haven't too. had a chance to listen yet. I will. <laughs> me too. <laughs> We're both just super busy. We're going to. Yeah. And um, I probably will while I get ready tomorrow because a 30-minute episode is really awesome while you get ready for something. Yeah. So, which is what we were talking about on Instagram. I was like, I love a 30-minute episode. Yeah. There's another show that we listen to that I listen to while I get ready because it comes up new and it's 20 minutes or so, 30, 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's just perfect for when you're up in the morning getting ready to go to work. So yeah. 
yeah, just you're awesome, Amy. We love yes. you. So um, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. you for that amazing review. So yeah. if you also want to review, definitely, or you definitely want to shout out, um, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we're also going to start doing some, we have some incredible content planned for you guys. Yeah. And we just are so thankful for all of our incredible listeners. We hit over 5,000, ep- 500, not 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> we hit over 500 listens recently, like of all time, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. That is insane to both of us. Like yeah. we did not expect. No, we expected like 30 people maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just cause like they listened to the first episode and just left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have some pretty loyal listeners now, so that's incredible. But um, okay, so let's do let's do our game real quick okay. before we get too sentimental. Just pull one. Yeah, I'm trying. They're oh, sticking God. together because they're new. I pull can't one get it. Card, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to just grab like a stack and pull the one off the top because oh, okay. I didn't want to rip it. I didn't it. know what you're doing. Okay, okay are you ready? You uh-huh. go first. Say it. So if, wait. So this is our game. If you had to, okay. would you? So, if you had to, would you, every time you wake up, you're careening down the world's steepest water slide? Or, everyone thinks you're Superman, but you're actually just you. (laughs) What was yours again? Say it again. Every time you wake up, you're careening down the world's steepest water slide. Oh, fuck! Yeah, I'd go with Superman. They're both awful! Yeah. no! (laughs) <laughs> I might pick yours <laughs> because I don't want people to think I'm Superman when I'm not. But that's also yeah. what I encounter in work <laughs> like all the time. It's something we're both used to. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a heavy episode and we really appreciate you guys laughing and, and raging with us today. Yeah. So, um, but, <laughs> But more than that, we definitely want you to remember, you are not a monster. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Talk Crooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye.